0: Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hi, Tim. Hello, Sean. And also joining us today is Dr. Bjorn Westgard. Hi, Bjorn. Hi, Tim. How you doing? I'm doing well.
1: Welcome in. <clears throat> Thank you very much. I'm here. Hey, Sean. Hey. He was, he's the one addressing me.
2: Okay, I see how it is. It's is the second time body did the same thing.
0: Bjorn, I, I got to tell you, you uh, you were the recipient of a new steel hat when you sat down at the mic today, and you put it on it. So that's a that's a fine looking hat on your head.
1: That is a fine yeah. looking hat. I, I think I, like I should it. put on my hat.
0: Should yeah. I put my hat on? Sure. Oh, oh, Sean! Hey, look, so you can't see it. We have Theater of the Mind here. Uh, Sean has a what looks to be a hand knit. Minnesota Vikings uh, stocking cap, is that? Uh, am I right? It
2: is. It looks like the uh, uh, the Vikings helmet, right?
0: Yeah, it's got the horns. <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the one sitting here with the with the boring stocking cap. I, I have a South uh, South High School cap on. This, is,
2: this was uh, knit for me by uh, a lady named Trash Sandwiches on uh, on Twitter, and I think she did an outstanding job. Shh.
0: Trash sandwiches. It's
2: his Twitter handle. Oh, Twitter Okay, handle. got you. Yeah. She yes. may or may not want her real name out oh, there, but got you. But, but the point makes... is, is that she makes hats, and if you would like <laughs> would like to, a hat that looks like an NFL helmet, she'll get you.
0: Nice trash sandwiches. Yeah, remember that. There you go. Sean, I see a note in the dock here that you're going to a very cold football game. Are you? Is that why you got the hat? Or
2: uh, I'll probably be wearing two hats. Okay. But yeah, it's it may be the coldest sporting event in American history.
0: I don't want to step on your touchdown call, but I have a guess as to what you're talking about.
2: Yeah. Well, it's. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it should be clear. It's football.
0: I was gonna say, is this it's the football. coldest football game? Yeah,
2: the U.S. Men's National Team is coming to St. Paul in on football. Wednesday. <laughs> Where it's supposed to be thirteen below, wow! Which is which is ice bowl cold, no doubt. If not colder, it's mm-hmm. probably
0: yeah colder. I would think, right? Well, yeah, the folks in Green Bay
2: think that that's cold, but we get colder here.
0: Wow! So you're gonna wow, yeah, you are gonna be
1: uncomfortable, my friend.
2: Lucky for me, I have a lot of natural uh, insulation.
1: And and think about the Hondurans who are coming.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although they'll be running around, right? It's true. We'll just be screaming and sharing our, our, our coronavirus with each other. So we should and be good.
0: Hopefully, they have those heated benches for the soccer players like they do for football yeah, I players. Think they, too. I think
2: they'll, I mean, they heat the field. Okay. So otherwise, you'd have like, um, sure, you'd have b- broken everything. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember that NFL game that where Brett Favre got injured and like they played with on the unheated, uh, 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 that wasn't US Bank it was the other
0: bank TCF oh, Bank which is now Huntington is now, Bank yeah it's not, it's
2: not go there but anyway they played there because the domes collapsed as one yeah. one more time and uh and like every tackle was like they're getting tackled on concrete and that was pretty much the end of Brett Favre's career wow so no they're going to heat the field so i think i think the fans will be the coldest
0: it'll be 13 below up in the fans down uh, up in the stands down on the field it'll be a balmy 0 <laughs> Maybe, I think they apparently heat the field to fifty-five degrees. Okay. Well, we have Doctor Bjorn uh, Westgard joining us today. We have an episode on miracle recoveries uh, this year. Some players that maybe were injured and we did not expect to make it back, and they did. Uh, So we'll be talking. Or that's not fully the case. Maybe some players that made it back this year better than we expected
2: or Or early, yeah.
0: But Joe Burrow has been back. He was the I think the first guy we're going to talk about. I mean, he was back all year, but people maybe didn't expect him to come back the way he did.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think I think for me, the, the Joe Burrow th- situation was, I, I think maybe I heard a podcast last year where somebody said his knee was jacked, I think was the quote. So the question is...
0: Which episode what? was that, Sean? I don't
2: know. I, <laughs> I, I, you, I, I'm not even saying... You're saying it's our show? Well,
0: I think it was. I, rem, <laughs> I remember that because I have Burrow on my salary cap roster, and it was kind of a stab to the heart to hear it that. hurt you. No, and oh, I, I knew and, it was Jack. And
2: I twisted the knife repeatedly. Yes. Yes, you did. Um
0: I, you didn't have you didn't need the medical degree to know the knee was jacked the question was would he be back if you watched the film yeah. yeah
2: yeah no we were there's no there's no error in calling the knee jacked cuz it was jacked right but he's back and uh is he is he back is he back back is he what he um was always going to be is he not quite there is he better Dr. Westgard, tell us about his knee
1: no uh for <laughs> No, I um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna dispute the premise of the episode first, uh, which <clears throat> is simply to say that uh, one of the things that I find striking when when people are talking about these injuries is, uh, in medicine we talk about like survivor bias, and oftentimes your view on on a condition, a disease, an illness, an injury is affected by. Who you're seeing, who's alive after it. I would say in the NFL, That's we have thing like in my
2: career, too, by the way. The different, we don't need to get into it, but a different kind of like the people that I see uh, are, are people that have had more problems than the people I don't see. So there's 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 a bias in those numbers as well.
1: So, yeah, no, it's important to think about that. And, you know, when you see some of these folks who are maybe at the upper end of the bell shaped curve. But in the NFL, I would say there's a little bit of like victor bias where uh, when somebody does well, we like to you know talk about their injury and their overcoming, and it fits into this nice sort of triumphant narrative. Mm. Um, So just some they're special.
2: They're healthy because
1: they're special. That that right. They're gifted. They've got you know good genes. They've got TB12. They've mm-hmm. got they've uh, got a
0: support system around them. Yeah,
1: and there's certainly something to that, but it also like you know if Joe Burrow lost the AFC Championship, then you know that would have been something <laughs> a little different than
2: yeah. They might, people might point to the interceptions or something yeah. like that, but yeah, I, you know I mean, and I'm not this isn't like a reckoning. I mean, like the reality of the situation is is I think everybody here, um, liked Joe Burrow and and wanted him to be successful. I had him as my quarterback one in their rookie draft. Um, I didn't get him, but you know, I got a nice consolation prize. But, but in Joe Herbert, Joe Herbert, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert, yeah. So, but but the point is, is that like it's not like I disliked Burrow. I'd l- I Burrow is one of my favorite quarterbacks coming out in recent years for sure. Um, my concern was. What's he going to be? Because one of the reasons why I liked him is I thought he had the ability to be a little bit of a dual threat player, a little bit like what Herbert is right now, where he's not exactly a running quarterback, but he can run. And uh, I don't see that – when I look at Burrow this year, now we're just one year out, um, his rushing numbers are down. Um, They've been, I think, more than made up for by – superior passing right and that could be because he has to uh it could be that he was always going to have those passing numbers and he's just not going to have those rushing numbers it's it's really impossible to tell but um you know as a fantasy asset i guess i'm not i'm i'm not concerned that his knee is going to limit his ability to throw the football
1: not at all no and and it's you know this is a guy who's you know, got a surplus of talent so he can lose a little bit of mobility, uh, and, and still be, uh, you know, head and shoulders above the crowd.
0: So as a borough manager, I, I do kind of like, every time I see him get sacked or about to get sacked, I, I, I do kind of like tense up, yeah. like, uh, I assume there's a higher risk for so, re-injury So and all like that. the
1: regular season game against the Chiefs when he like limping off the field, you're yes. kind of like, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> right? And <laughs> yeah. it's not just always, I mean you hold your breath a little you, bit. You you always hold your breath probably with any quarterback, I suppose, but um is that just how it's going to be forever or do, is there like, you know, if he if his knee is fine for the next 3 years, you're kind of free sailing or something like that.
1: Well, I it, I don't think there's any question that the that the knee probably has affected his game uh everyone's talked about i mean again uh, uh i think he's got a lot of support and, and people want to see him do well um and has talked about you know the miraculous recovery um he's kind of overplayed played into it i think is if you read stuff um his dad and others have kind of played into this narrative like you know this is an amazing recovery. You've never seen anything like this before. And he came back and he's like, yeah, it won't affect me at all.
2: That was his initial statement.
1: His initial statement. And then like somewhere in November, December, he comes back and is like, uh, okay. Yeah. I know I'm a little less mobile in the pocket and I can't really like extend the action long enough. Um, like I used to. Um, and, but still like, if you watched him, um, in the championship game, there was uh...
2: he, he had he had several plays that he made with his legs. I and mean, it wasn't great fantasy football numbers. I like think twenty-five yards rushing, but like the play happened, he got the first down because he could run enough.
1: Right, but I also don't think the defense was expecting him to run. Yeah, that's which which made kind of a difference in whether they were. No, they're treating him like Tom Brady or Peyton yeah. Manning. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that made a little bit of a difference, but he's still wrestling away from guys in the pocket and and winging it and and.
2: So I look at numbers a little bit. So between when comparing his rookie year or his half a rookie year with this year, um, his sack percentage has increased, despite the fact that he has better receivers and I, he's the the offensive line improved quite a bit. Um. At least Pro Football Focus graded it out at, at twenty, which is okay. It, previously, it was th- they're ranked thirtieth, so that's a. You never know if they're just more successful. I don't necessarily think PFF is always spot on with everything, but th- that's at least an assessment that somebody has made that their offensive line has improved, and he's still getting sacked more now. Maybe he's he's throwing the ball uh, downfield a little bit more. He's got. Uh, you uh, a Jamar Chase, who who can can do a lot of different things that might he might have a lot more incentive to hold on to the ball. So I can't say that that's the knee. <clears throat> uh, it, it's a thing that I think about because because of the re-injury risk mostly.
0: Yeah, and that's I, I guess I'm gonna question you again, Bjorn, because I don't either didn't hear the answer. Maybe you didn't, but like, uh, <laughs> is there is there like a window? The supposed to do this. <laughs> is there like a window? That if he gets past, you know, that he's three good. three seasons with this knee, that I can kind of relax a little bit, or, Tim or is just that wants not his a thing? anxiety dealt with? Well, in any borough manager or yeah, any, yeah, you know, yeah. is yeah. is is there a point
2: where where everybody can get hurt, but is there a point where you're no longer especially worried about re-injury?
1: I I don't think you're any more worried about re-injury in Joe Burrow at this point than you are about anybody else's knee injury he's okay. gonna face the same things he's wearing a brace every game how about versus a quarterback who hasn't been injured okay oh, i mean can we get the quote well if you get uh
0: if
2: injured he, parts aren't as
0: good as i can't remember what the quote is but it, <laughs>
1: uh original nothing's as good as original parts that's true right um, so the risk of
0: re-injury is a little higher. But I
1: think what you're going to see in him is you're going to see similar performance to what he's done this year, and it's just going to sort of slowly decline. That mobility uh, element will probably become more of a factor as things go on. But I mean, you know, he's he's got. I say more of
2: a factor in a negative way, meaning he's in gonna, a negative he, way. Get older,
1: he'll, he'll get older, older, and he'll be less mobile, and he'll become, you know. Tom Brady. More of Tom Brady. Then, yeah, yeah. He'll make well, maybe not. His I mean, passing
2: not, yeah. not fair to make that comparison, exactly. But I know for me, I still have him rated. I mean, this is probably uh, not a surprise to anybody. I still have him rated as a top five salary cap dynasty league quarterback. Yeah. For, I don't know if you, about you. I, yeah. For me, it's Mahomes, Allen, Herbert. Murray? <sighs> not for me. No. I'd rather have Joe Burrow than Kyler Murray right now. Well, I, Are you talking I, about I, Joe Herbert? <laughs> yeah, Justin Herbert. Look, I got and a, Joe
0: I got a good vibe with Herbert. I I call him Joe. I don't know what you guys call him. <laughs> We're close personal friends. I
2: thought about this, and I, and I should know who I have. Uh, Saint Lamar. I had, I had somebody that I had, but so Kyler's not in your top five. I was Kyler, just kind of. I'd rather have Bro than than Kyler. Yeah, me too. Just because Bro to me is showing that he can be really effective without having to run, right. and Kyler's not showing me that yet. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Allen, Herbert, uh, Mahomes, Burrow oh, are Deshaun definitely... Watson. He's okay. the other one. And, okay. uh, and that's that makes sense. And that's a gamble.
2: But yep. uh, but I, but there's there's enough there to if he comes back that mm-hmm. he's a guy that I would I would rather if the Vikings were able to make a trade for any of these players,
1: right? Um, it would go in that order for me.
0: Well should we move on, guys? Did you have more you wanted to say about Burrow? No, before I we uh,
1: I guess I have mentioned before that I think a lot of the recovery in these things and I'll, I'll we can talk about this um, further in the episode, but um, has so much to do with the little things attitude and the little things and and it's so easy to pass over those. But um, Burrow uh, in in taking his position talked about, how like he wouldn't have done what he did at LSU if he hadn't had like down and outs at Ohio Mm -hmm. and like he's been through a time uh, when he felt like he had to like, he had to earn it and he had to, you know, grind it out. And that's grit, man. That's resilience. You get through that kind of thing and you can probably apply that to the next thing you got to grind it out through. Yeah. Got you. All right, well, let's talk about the next guy, Cam
0: Akers. I think this is one that I think most people would would lay Call out a as, as a mir- miracle recovery. Yeah. yeah, exactly. To tear your Achilles and make it back in the same season.
2: In full disclosure, we actually had an episode a couple of weeks ago where one of the players that we were going we to talk about was Sonny Michel, and we, we talked about him, or at least I did. And then we got down and we watched Cam Akers' first full game back, and I was like, um, I, I'm I'm going to change my mind a little bit. He changed my mind at that at that moment um, enough that I didn't feel comfortable giving the advice that I was planning to give on Sonny Michelle. So I've since had a chance to see him play a couple more times, and uh, you know I, we'll get to that. But I, should we review a little bit with with the doctor what what happened with Cam?
1: Well, so I mean he tore his Achilles. Um... And Why is he back so fast? Is it well? It is fascinating. I think when you look at the reception that he got coming back, uh, which was pretty huge, I think it's because like tearing your Achilles is something that like a lot of players probably fear. Because I think we've talked about that before that it's potentially like a career ender. Or well, likely folks.
2: has been has been without exception a career ender. Well, I don't know exception for, for <laughs> NFL running back for NFL running
1: back. Yeah. For a running back for particu- particularly yeah, when you I'm think not, about the amount of forces that are th- put certainly on the Achilles.
2: Emmanuel Sanders and, and, and other players and that have come back. But NFL running back, Cam Akers is, is the first one that is showing signs that may break that streak.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it's, um, it's important to look at what is like exceptional, about the care that he got after his injury. Cause there's, we can talk about, you know, uh, tears this year or in prior years. Um, and he got, I mean, he got exceptional care. He uh, went into surgery within 48 hours of his injury.
2: That's, that's, that's unusual.
1: It's unusual cause that is like the, Acute injury phase, and a lot of people, a lot of uh, physicians, orthopedists, um, will want to wait until the inflammation is down. Yeah, that's what I would presume. Right before they do repair. <clears throat> but he was um, actually i, I uh, don't quote me on that. I don't know that he got his actual procedure within forty-eight hours. But he was—he was there. He was there, talking, he to was him, there yeah. talking to the surgeon about everything <clears throat> within forty-eight hours. And not only that, but it was like this, this surgeon. I think he
2: for sure had the surgery within a week though. Yeah. It was early.
1: Oh yeah. It was, it was early. Um, Yeah. So not, maybe not 48 hours, but it was within less than a week, probably less than five days. Yep. Um, And the surgeon who took care of him is the uh, same guy who took care of Kobe Bryant's Achilles and uh, Tom Brady's ACL. And really, sort of threw the works of new science and new tech at him. Um, so that he was this uh, guy
2: also the guy that operated on that Russian gymnast that came back for the Olympics in like a month and a half. <laughs> that was not quite exactly right, but it was close.
1: I don't know. Um, <laughs> But, uh, and, I, and the guy's name is uh, Ella Trash, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, so I, I should find that out. But uh, anyhow, um, he does this technique where you tie the Achilles to its anchor uh, in the calcaneus um, in a particular way. And it's a way that has... I don't think people know what a calcaneus
2: is. Just oh, sorry. Your,
1: your heel bone, okay. right? So the Achilles attaches to your heel bone, um, right? And the Achilles is that big tendon at the back of your heel if you, you know... Just people feel know what the... that is because of the, the Greek mythology. That's right. Well, hopefully. Hopefully <laughs> they do. This is, uh, But anyhow, he does it in this particular way that has... That actually was tried decades ago. But as now, everything old in medicine is new again, and uh, and so you did this where you kind of fix it, where you tie it to the tendon, such uh, that, and you kind of double it and you tie it so that um, it's sort of rip stop. It, it you distribute the forces, you sort of double it down so that you don't just have all the force going on this one suture. Right, so you're distributing the force across uh, the way that this is still like
2: sewing two mop heads together. I think that's what you said. Well, and that's uh,
1: um, yeah, no, that's exactly uh, what it is when it's um, fully torn and you have tendon uh, at the at the insertion point and you're trying to you know tie the two mop heads together. In any case, he. uh, used sort of the advanced suturing techniques with the best evidence. And then he did neuromuscular stimulation. So, right, you you, you know, with an Achilles injury, you can't stress this thing while it's healing, right? So you is can't that, even bear is that, weight.
2: Is that zapping it with yeah, electricity?
1: Yeah, right, you know? zapping it with electricity to get the muscles I'm just going. trying to put it in language that people are yeah. using a lot of big words here. <clears throat> Sorry. Um,
2: I'm just trying to, I'm trying to make it clear but yeah exam. using
1: electricity to stimulate the muscles instead of actually mm-hmm. exercising the muscles because you can't put weight and you can't uh you know put load on this injury and then he did this thing which is i i find totally fascinating and the jury's still out on it called ischemic conditioning which is where if you restrict blood flow uh to a part of the body you can induce Wait, what are we talking about now what's that yeah, uh, I don't know if that works, but uh, certainly. Explicit.
0: Great, thanks, Sean.
1: <laughs> um, but if you restrict blood flow to a certain part of the body, not a certain part, to to parts of the body, usually an arm or a leg, you can induce the body's own recovery mechanisms and its own, basically, abilities to. I'm serious. To diminish inflammation. And to heal better, so they've done this with heart attack patients, where they will uh, give them a five minute, basically they they cut off blood supply to their arm like first a tourniquet? with a tourniquet, essentially yeah. four times for five minutes, and they find that the injury after surgery is smaller than if you just do heart surgery, hmm. right? Because you have induced all of these. Um, hormonal neurologic a variety of um immunologic elements of the body that help protect it against injury and so that's what they did before this surgery for him they did this ischemic preconditioning
2: before the surgery
1: yeah okay. and possibly even after i don't i the, you know the details you know trade secret uh, as for, as far as this guy is concerned um but they use this so that they diminish the amount of injury that's going on um in his body He gets less scar tissue it's going to heal better so the less injury going on as
0: a result of the procedure is that and
1: it? potentially of the actual original injury okay. right i mean so um he doesn't have any published papers on it but uh but it's it's fascinating mm-hmm. stuff because there's a ton of research about it and and um it really potentially has um, for, for something as dumb as like blowing up a blood pressure cuff for five minutes, um, yeah. the benefits of it are potentially huge. So, so he throws that at it, this electric, you know, stimulation of the muscles and then a, and then you know, this complex, very metric driven, uh, measurement driven like strength and rehab, Uh, things starting from like day two after surgery right so you know the standard kind of thing in sports is like you rest you ice you compress you elevate an injury but the kind of the newer thing is that you get moving as quickly as possible and you recover that much quicker and you can do movement actually of other parts of the body that can actually help the part of the body that's recovering Right, same in the in the same way that uh, that ischemic conditioning gets things uh, positive. Well, you know, positive juices flowing. We'll just call it that. Yeah, okay. huh? <clears throat> that makes sense. And so it's totally fascinating because he did he had all of these things done, and then of course this this surgeon that he's working with is this guy who like apparently relates very well to NFL players. Like, um, what's his name? Cup. Uh, got injured and he's like, and and then had to leave because of fires in California or whatever, had to leave his house. And he's like, yeah, come stay at my house. And so he just had the guy stay at his house while he's recovering from his surgery. Um, and he's tracking him every day and like these little metrics and like all those little things, they matter to that recovery.
2: Is this you promoting your own home as a rest area for NFL players?
1: Uh, no, (laughs) but, uh, but you know you 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 contrast that with the approach that you see with other players who kind of like um like uh you were suggesting maybe we chat about Marlon Mack, somebody who didn't get surgery for weeks or for like at least week and a half after his injury and who's like barely getting like the team rehab doc. I mean, he's he's got rehab resources, but you've got like a doc who invites you to his house and is measuring your recovery on a daily basis for, versus the team doc who's like really about like let's get you on the field mm-hmm. ultimately versus like, you know, how much support do you have? How much uh how much is going into your recovery? And I think those things make a difference.
2: Um Dante Foreman's another guy who has Kind of come back. He came back and uh, assisted the Titans in the absence of Derrick Henry this year. Um, it took him a long time, though. Didn't it,
1: it did. Yeah, I mean, he's done really well the last year or two, but it took him like a year plus to to recover. And um, again, I, I, it's it's not everything, and you don't want to you don't want to um, blame the injured guy, but no. uh, you think about um, attitudes like. He got cut yeah, you, in
2: eighteen you can you can get injured and you, you can get depressed you can get you, yeah it can be hard to 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 see how you get back to it you know and it can, that can take a while
1: yeah well and we i think we um now I'm trying to think who else we were talking about this last summer I don't remember uh anyhow, we were just talking about how uh the one guy had you know, this big support system. Oh, yeah. And the other guy had, like, lost multiple family members oh, in the year prior to... Um... That was Tariq Cohen, I think. That's right, was, it was yeah, Cohen. Tariq Cohen. Yeah, Cohen, yeah. Yep. And, and just how much that kind of thing, you know, you look at um, Marlon Mack, again, he was like, I hung around the Colts locker room because I didn't want to get depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And th- that's huge versus the other guy who's like... Got and, his docs and come to my house. Ill and yeah.
2: well. And the, the amazing yeah. thing with Cam Akers is really a lot of it is the time. But so I, I don't know exactly where I'm at with Cam Akers right now because if you actually look at the numbers, he hasn't. He's had three games where he was a primary running back since he's come back, and hasn't been great. He, you know, he looked really good in that first game. Um, but when you actually looked at the numbers and I realize yards per carry is not a very great metric, but 3.2 2, 3.6, um, in that kind of offense to me suggests that either they're doing an especially poor job of blocking for him, which can be true, or, or maybe he's not all the way back and we shouldn't. I think a lot of the excitement for Cam Akers was um, inflated by a couple runs where he looked really good and a forty-yard reception. That that just tends to skew things. But when you're looking at what he's doing when he's when he's grinding out yards, it it wasn't it wasn't great. And so I'm still uh, I'm not I'm not like his career is over. But I'm also not convinced that he is going to be the cam makers that everybody was hoping him to be next year. Go ahead, go pick him up. And he's going to, he's going to be a bell call back who, who, you know, dominates NFL defenses. I, I, I'm not there yet.
1: This is, this is what I'm saying though. It fits into this nice narrative. Like he's back soon. So like amazing. Um, but you know, look at the numbers, same thing as, uh, I mean, Joe Burrow less so, but kind of similar. If you look at the numbers, it may be a little different. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm in the same boat, Sean. I, I feel like we have yet to see a running back come back from an Achilles and, and really be outstanding in fantasy. Um so I'm I'm still leery of Acres. I'm I'm I, leery I, of Robinson if you
2: if, you were Robinson's another one. Yeah, and James I'm, Robinson.
0: I'm more leery of
2: Robinson because I don't know that the team is behind him. I, whereas I feel like the Rams, um they are they're behind Acres and they want Acres to see I mean I think I think I don't want to suggest that NFL teams don't want their guys to su- succeed. I, I think they probably all do, but I think they're kind of committed to Acres.
0: Yeah, it's way more invested. I mean,
2: whereas, whereas just draft the, capital, Barthes, yeah, but yeah. not if just you draft capital, but, they, but also, they just drafted Etn, mm-hmm. and so if if Robinson doesn't make a back, I, I don't think they're they're going to move right on, and I think the Rams will will see, you know, because I look at the 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 last um you know uh game that uh uh you know acres like it's not like sony is when you're b them it's not like sony michelle is is like doing great and and cam Akers is not it, it's th- there's maybe more problems there with a the running game overall but um but i'm not i, I st- i'm still a little behind the pack in terms of like when i give up a first round draft pick for cam acres yeah, but it's going to be a late first round draft pick. I'm not going to give up a high first round draft pick unless unless I don't see anybody in in the, this upcoming draft that I want. But before when he was first injured, I was like, you know, second round. I mean, I, I'll give up a second rounder for him at most, late second. And it's it's moved up. It's okay. moved up, but it's not it's not a, a high first round pick. Right. Those people are, some other people are suggesting.
0: All right, I don't I don't know if this one falls into the miracle category, but it was probably an unexpectedly quick comeback to the field with Derrick Henry. Uh, had a Jones fracture on Halloween and is back for the playoffs or was back for the playoffs. Um so yeah, what uh I I assume you have something to to add to that Bjorn about
1: well,
2: this recovery. That seems like Really quick for me for a Jones fracture. That was the. It's actually res- pretty standard. Really.
1: Yeah, I mean six to eight weeks for a Jones fracture, um, especially if they got at it quick and he got to rehab quick. Um, I mean, when you think about the time, I mean, it was it was two and a half months. I just like feel that.
2: like every Jones fracture I've seen has been a season-ending injury, and perhaps that is the NFL's IR rules are different, and that and they are allowing guys to come back um and uh they're very flexible in the age of covid that they just have they're just like well we're, we're not going to have any of these hard hard rules and so maybe that's the reasoning for it i just haven't seen a guy come back in the same season as injuring a drum's fracture
1: right well and there, are, um i think i think you're probably right about that but uh there's some suggestion that his fracture maybe wasn't like this you know massive uh break in the bone, but it was, you know, partial fracture, a stress fracture, stress, well, more than a stress fracture, but like not, you know, a horrendous, uh, comminuted jumble of bones or anything. Um, and you know, when you think about what the Jones is, you know, it's that fifth bone on the outside of your foot,
0: your pinky bone,
1: your pinky bone, but the bottom of the pinky bone, right? The base of the pinky bone. And if you don't, repair it it can keep getting re-injured because of you've got a tendon attached to the base of it that kind of helps you with some foot functions um and they put a screw in there usually uh wire or a screw usually a screw that uh holds it together and it sounds like that he didn't need to have like you know uh, the big Hummer screw. He needed. <laughs> he needed <laughs> they have like, different
2: gauges of screw. Yeah. To, oh, know. they
1: totally do, man. They're all you know. What was or carpenter? What, what was medium Debo's, Hummer? What was the little. yeah? What was the size of, right.
2: of Debo's screw? Because that, Give that me dude, a number four H. That dude is has, has, has come back like no other wide receiver. Debo Samuel. Like that guy is uh, uh, beast. Complete. Like yeah. and, and, and doing more things and more dangerous things and, as a dual threat and uh, it took him a little while, right? So maybe the the first year back on a wide receiver on a Jones fracture, but long term, he seems to be demonstrating that eh, you know he can you can you can injure this and it might not be something that affects your career forever.
1: Yeah, so I I, uh, I think the you know the two limiting factors are one, do you re-injure it, which is always an is- the issue, um, but also the biggest sort of limiting factor in a Jones fracture is pain. Right, and uh, Henry's got a rep for being strong and tough, and he kind of only gets better as the game goes on.
2: Yeah, his workouts are unreal. If you ever get a chance to watch Jack Henry's workouts, it, it makes my workouts look look weak.
0: <laughs> your workouts make your workouts look weak.
2: <clears throat> I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah. Um, no, I mean, it, it, Henry delivers more more pain than he receives on, on average. Right. So yeah. like, that's, that's, uh, I'm actually not terribly.
1: I, I would hardly uh, downgrade him.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm, if I'm downgrading him, it's cause he's 28 mm-hmm. and he has, he's has got a, a strong Sean Alexander smell to, to, to me. Mm. Who's a guy who had a similar running style. Um, but you know, he's, he's a bigger man than Sean was. And, uh, um, so I, I I I probably still believe in Derek Henry for at least another year.
0: All right. Well, we got one more name on the list. Uh
2: it's not a name that most people are really aware of, but um Rykel Armstead, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to talk about him because, because we're in the pandemic here and uh everybody's um doing whatever they're doing to deal with it. And uh as far as I'm concerned, these NFL guys are going on and off the COVID list. They get COVID, they don't get COVID, whatever. Um, He had a different reaction. Uh, he had a different experience. And I guess I think it's, um, it's important to remember that not everybody has the same experience. So well, what do you, what do you know about Mr. Armstead and his situation?
1: Well, so he went on the COVID list twice, actually, Right, so he was put on in August um, when he initially got it and then came off, I believe, uh, after his sort of infectious period, whatever, NFL protocol, but went back on after he was diagnosed with myocarditis. and What's that? Inflammation of the heart? Yeah, myocarditis is inflammation of the heart. Uh, Myo is the muscle, card, heart, itis, inflamed. There you go. Um, and so he had inflammation of the heart muscle, um, which happens after viral viral things. Um, I mean, there's numerous famous people we could talk about who have had myocarditis before. But in COVID, it's actually in those who have been significantly ill, um, it's it's not it's not common, but it's not uncommon, right? So, you know, you look at the severe, illness in COVID, uh, that's a relatively small percentage who get hospitalized, and he got hospitalized. Um, And it's a small percentage who have long COVID. But long COVID is definitely a thing. And what comes on with long COVID is you have, you know, persistent chest pain, exertional shortness of breath. And a lot of that comes from the inflammation and like these little blood clots that can develop in COVID. There's a thing called immunothrombosis, which is like a mix of inflammation and blood clotting that can happen in like lung vessels, it can happen in small blood vessels in the heart, it can happen pretty much anywhere, it happen in the brain, and um, there's some suggestion that m- many of the folks who have long COVID have some degree of myocarditis at some point in their illness, and so, you know, that's kind of what he's got. Well, what do we usually do for myocarditis? We try to calm the inflammation. We use steroids and other things, um, aspirin. Um, and then you get to the other side of the illness, and then you rehab. Well, I mean, what do uh, what do NFL players do? They exercise. They rehab all the time. And, and, you know, things that NFL players do on a regular basis is what You know, people who do cardiac rehab do. Um, So him coming back is not entirely, you know, you got to, you got to presume he had some pretty good cardiovascular fitness going into the whole situation. He gets COVID, he gets some more significant symptoms that require hospitalization, they check for myocarditis and he's got it. Um, But ultimately, you know, what's the cure for it? exercise. Well, shoot, that's my job.
2: <laughs> you know, so you're saying this is is this is just like a weird random thing that can happen to some of these guys but nothing you can plan around.
1: Well, you can plan on not getting COVID and you can like, you know, wear masks and get sure, vaccinated. Sure, sure, sure. And I'm talking about I'm talking like... about
2: is it is an, is an owner of a fake football team. You know, like you're trying to make your decisions and you're trying to decide. Do I- well.
1: I think you got to anticipate that if your player is like hospitalized with COVID, not that you can. I don't know that the NFL stats that they release on COVID are necessarily that clear on who's got what and how severe. Right. Um. But if you you know somebody gets hospitalized, you you best be sure they're having some of that immunothrombosis going on. Right. So um, that's
2: so. As far as I know, he's the only. NFL player to be hospitalized. Um, But that, yeah, that doesn't mean it can't happen again. So
1: Yeah, and so, you know, I think there's going to be more of this stuff that drops as we go forward. There will be people who, you know, had COVID and and you didn't know about it because, you know, not everybody's fessing up about where they are in the whole thing. And and I bet you there's going to be some stuff that drops down the road uh, with people who are not performing well, or somebody's somebody's going to blame it on COVID. <laughs> Certainly,
2: I think Zeke kind of already, already did. At least he started that a little bit. Yeah. But who knows? You know, after this year, maybe he's got more long term issues that he's not owning up to. I don't know. Yeah.
0: All right. I think that's going to wrap it up, gentlemen. Bjorn, thanks for joining us again. Happy to be here. I found the uh, the Achilles information uh, really
1: interesting.
0: Not that I don't find other stuff that you uh, bring well, to the table interesting, but that was really
1: fascinating. And at at some point, I do want to talk about uh, I do want to talk about like longevity and just because Brady is retiring and not retiring and, and trying to beat Brett Favre's record there. Um, <laughs> I I do want to talk about that at some point because he's another guy who had surgery from the same uh, same guy that did Acres' uh, Achilles. Oh, Oh, right. For his ACL. And it's just kind of an intense story to read about, like you know, if you've ever had joint surgery and recovered.
2: You're saying he's trying to beat Brett Brett Favre's record
1: for indecision.
2: Oh, see, I was going to say it's going to take him another 20
0: years to to
1: beat that interception uh, record. I got that from Lawhead.
0: We just mentioned him, I think, last episode. I know. I know. (laughs) All right. Well, yes. Thanks again. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Uh, Take a minute here. If you're not in your car, scroll down to the bottom of the app and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Uh, We appreciate that. And uh, we look forward to doing this again next week. And until then, bye-bye. See you later. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the SteelPod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at SteelPod.